This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up? What's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And you are listening to the Primetime Podcast here on Most Valuable Podcast. We want to thank you for spending your day, afternoon, evening, whatever time of day it is when you're listening to us. Brandon, we got, I say it every week, we got a jam-packed show. But before we get into it, how was your weekend? How did you like your college sports? Weekend was good. Weekend was really good. It was busy. It was a busy weekend. It was a. Well, you had homecoming. At it work. was it was homecoming weekend at work. That's for sure. Had to work that, but it was a lot of fun. Went well. Went really well. Very successful. So I'm happy with it. But uh, on the other side, for my college sports, I didn't really get to watch any of them because I was working all weekend long. I was. We didn't do too well. In I was. The I was. I was trying to keep tabs on it, but no, absolutely, I didn't do well in the pickums. I'll tell you what. When I saw that Virginia Tech had blown away North Carolina, I was like, eh, "This ain't gonna be a good I week." I should have picked them. I should have picked my Hokies. Hokie fans, I'm sorry that I went against you, but kind of a uh, another note, uh, Brandon. We are recording this on October 10th. A month from tomorrow, when you guys will hopefully be hearing this podcast, guess what other college sports we are a month away from? Little uh, little orange kind of circular ball. Little basketball? Little basketball. We are a month away. The season starts for that November 11th, but we're going to kind of talk about some football until we get to then. I, I looked it up today, and I was like, oh, man, I can't wait. I love my college football. But I'm sorry, there's something about this college basketball season. There's something about college basketball in general that always gets my juices flowing. But as I told you guys before, we got a jam-packed show today. Going to be talking about Brian Kelly and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish as Brandon shakes his head very angry, honorary, at uh, Brian Kelly. We're going to be talking about some Big Ten football, OSU Wisconsin. Am I going to bash him again? Who knows? Let's find out. And then we're going to find out if... The Houston Cougars, the Houston Cougars can uh, make the playoffs as a one-loss team. But, Brandon, we're going to start in South Bend. We're going to start with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And I'm going to be plain and simple, just ask you the question. Should the Fighting Irish fire Brian Kelly? Well, I, I think it's time to go. I just think it's time. I think it's time. I think something has to change. I mean, you're watching the same Notre Dame team I'm watching. Oh, I am. It doesn't look good. It does not look good. And this past weekend... You know, speaks for part of it, but I, I think at the same time you had to take into effect that they were playing in a monsoon there at NC State. The weather was bad. It was not good. It was sloppy. Conditions were not good at all. I get that, but this Notre Dame team has been so up and down, mainly down this season. There are two wins, Nevada and Syracuse, both of them blowouts. They lost on the road at Texas. They couldn't beat Michigan State. They lose at home to Duke a week after you lose to Michigan State. And then you lose on the road to North Carolina State 10-3. to This team right now has no life. And Brian Kelly is internally turning to blame his players for things that are going wrong. You need to be a better coach. You need to prepare them better. Don't blame your players. A good coach... Does not put the blame on the players. Well, and that's the thing that I I want to stress, that this last game that they played at NC State probably shouldn't have been played. 
It probably should have been played. And I say probably because they played, like you said, in a monsoon. They played during Hurricane Matthew, basically. And the field conditions were shot. I mean, it, it wasn't a game based off skill. It was a game based off luck. And, I mean, looking at the final score, you could say, well, Ricky, you were probably happier than uh, a pig in slop, no pun intended, because that's what the field was, because you don't like Notre Dame. But... Like, you look at a 10-3 to game, and as a football fan, I go, I don't want to watch this crap. I don't want to watch it. And then, like what you said, Brian Kelly, that was my biggest thing, my biggest criticism of him after the game where he, the one thing he mentioned during that presser of, you know what, the snaps weren't good. I liked our aggressiveness. I liked our tackling. But I, I just, he was like, our, our snaps weren't good. Really? You're going to blame the players for not being able to snap the ball when it was a monsoon out and they were playing in flood water. That was basically where you were playing. What Brian Kelly needed to do is take a little bit of ownership on himself and be like, hey, you know what? I put this loss on me. I didn't prepare for this. We didn't prepare for this. We are going to go. We're going to get better, and we're going to beat Stanford in the next game. That's what he needed to say, but he didn't. He chose to blame his players, and really one of the things is they get rid of their defensive coordinator. We talked about that when it happened. Who else is going to be the scapegoat for Brian Kelly? Who else is there? I think the next one up is him. But see, I think that's the thing, and I think that we've seen something like this in the past, where Brian Brian Kelly he gets he gets you know the the the, the red starts to rise. He gets upset and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He can't necessarily handle it himself, so he he looks for other people to mm-hmm. to blame. Oh, it's it's your fault. It's a coordinator's fault. It's players' fault. It's quarterback's fault. It's you know you're blaming Deshaun Kaiser. You're blaming your center. You're blaming everyone that's not you. I, I mm-hmm. get it. Yes, you you say that you let your team down. You've been letting your team down all season long, Brian, and now we're starting to realize maybe we need a change at the head coaching position. Ricky, before you and I came on to do the podcast today, you told me an interesting stat. Brian Kelly, against ranked teams mm-hmm. for the past six years? Yeah, and it, during his entire career at Notre Dame where he came in the 2010 season, he started out pretty good against ranked opponents, but as of this game... He is 12 and 13 against the top 25. 12 and 13. And you look at this season alone, he had only one ranked opponent, and that was Michigan State. Well, he's going to get another one in Miami. As of right now, could get a second one in Navy. And as of right now, could get a third one in Virginia Tech. If he loses all three of those games, we're looking at a 12 and 16 record against the top 25. And it's possible that they could that Notre Dame could lose. All three of those games this season. Quote, we're looking for wins, not improvement on one side of the ball or the other. Although I was very pleased with our physicality, toughness, and tackling, I'm just extremely disappointed in the offensive execution and lack of ability to manage the snapping of the football, which was atrocious as well. End quote. Well, you know, in a game that you had 10 fumbles, 10 fumbles in awful conditions, you know what? You, you can't blame the young man. You can and you can't. And this is a gorgeous day, a beautiful day in North Carolina. Then, okay. You know, you can say, you know what? Okay, you didn't do a great job. But at then, at that point, you still don't say, mm-hmm. you know, 
There's there's ways to say things. There's ways to protect your players. There's put ways a, to throw them under the bus. He threw, put, he threw them under the bus. Basically, put a little ownership on yourself. The the good thing, like the thing about leaders, and this isn't just a discussion now with Brian Kelly. This is a discussion about what it is to be a leader. For me, I believe a leader is somebody who I don't want to use the word lead because you're using it to kind of describe it, but you are showing Gains respect. You are showing from example. For <clears throat> for example. The thing is, if I was going to be a leader, I'm not going to just tell you what to do. I'm going to be like, hey, let's do this. And I'm going to be the first one out there doing it with you, showing you, being that leader, showing you. In this case, it's you could tell the players, ah, oh, you didn't snap the ball well. Put a little ownership on yourself. Be the coach that's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to take the blame. The media can look at me. You guys do you. Keep that in practice. Keep that behind closed doors. Don't throw your players under the bus. Take a little ownership. Take a little credit. Say, hey, you know what? This one wasn't on me. Or this one was on me. Pardon me. This one was on me. And then move on. I look back to, and here's an interesting thing. Another coach that was on the hot seat, or I watched a little ESPN video where they said his seat is getting a little hotter, is Mark Helfrich in Oregon. And one of the quotes that they said was, oh, well, it seems like that 2014 national championship game is kind of years away. Like, it feels like it's longer than it has been. You could say the same about Notre Dame. That 2012 national championship seems like a millennial ago, or a millennium ago, I should say. Seems like it's been forever. And you look at that team, the reason why you went there, you had Golson, who was playing out of his mind that year, you had Tommy Reese, a veteran quarterback, right there with him. But if I just look at the award winners that this Notre Dame team had last season, Tyler Eifert, just look at his NFL career. That is a player. You've got Zach Martin, a pretty good offensive lineman. You got Lewis Nix, a pretty good offensive lineman. Manti Teo, a pretty good linebacker in college, even though he had a fake girlfriend. And then Stefan Tuitt, a pretty good defensive tackle on the defensive side of the ball. So you got you had guys that year that could make plays for you. Now, is this team the same team that we saw in 2012 from Brian Kelly and the Fighting Irish? Hell no. But the big thing for me is Brian Kelly needs to look at this and go, hey, you know what? I'm going to put a little ownership on me and not throw my players under the bus. I think that's a huge thing. I think that's absolutely a huge thing. And, and, and that's, that's where, like you said, that's where leadership comes from. Leadership comes from being able to say, you know what, this is something that we didn't do well collectively. We all could have played better. I could have done a better job of coaching. I could have prepared them better. We could have collectively just done a better job. But instead, he took a different route of kind of calling out select people. This has been a bad season for Notre Dame football. Mm -hmm. Any Notre Dame fan will tell you that. Any Notre Dame player will also tell you that. I mean, there's been times this season where they've been kind of called out, and Kelly's called them out, for not even having fun, for not looking like a team that's in it, that has any life, any energy. That's not good. You're not boosting their spirits at all when you call them out and basically say, eh, you're not doing well. You screwed up. That was atrocious. The whole afternoon was atrocious. You scored three points. 
I think that it's really unsettling for the rest of the players to know that that's how your coach is going to pop off if you do something wrong. And if you do something wrong in a big moment, how many times? Poor guy for the San Diego Chargers this past weekend. The holder. Mm-hmm. Lost the football. Could have tied the game. The If he gets a good hold down, kicker puts it up. Lambeau puts it up. Could have been good. Could have gave me three fantasy points for that. Sure could have. Mm-hmm. But it didn't happen. But I, I, don't, I don't think you see... Coach Mike McCoy go and say, you know that's that's why we lost. Was that was that what ended up losing to you, uh, leading to you losing? Sure, yeah, defense could have played. But better. guess what? You could have had a you could have had mm-hmm. another another touchdown at another time. Mm-hmm. You could have had a you know a big interception here or there. You could have gotten this sack. You could have that, got, gotten this stop. That stop. There's so many things you can go back and look at mm-hmm. and say went wrong. But guess what? That's that's just you just have to say you know what didn't work out today we need to stop this it, we've got to turn it around it starts with me and that's what it should be well and it does that, and, that's, and, that's what, and that's what Kelly should be saying it does start with him it starts with his position right now he has not been doing well at his position and I know that that may sound a little funny but each coach like a player has their position has their duties has their responsibilities and has their assignments. Well, Brian Kelly has really been dropping the ball. He's been getting out-coached. Mm-hmm. I mean, in that Duke game, that was awful. You were there. Yes. You were actually there. It was. I mean, it was <clears throat> truly a lot of fun, a great, a great day, great afternoon, but you, you don't lose that game. You don't lose that game against Duke, not Duke football. If we're playing basketball, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. But not Duke football. That does not happen. And I think that the fact that, yeah, things couldn't get going offensively. But you have to game plan differently. Our defense also wasn't good. Our defense hasn't been good all year long. Mm-hmm. They need that. That's, things need to change with Notre Dame football because guess what? I, I don't think that there's going to be too many uh, donors who are going to be too happy about this. Because this season, it's getting away from them. It's kind of getting out of hand in a bad way. Mm-hmm. You're two and four. You lose any more games, you're looking really well, bad. You lose one game, you're tying the most losses you've ever had in a Brian Kelly era. He's gone eight and five three times 2010, 2011, 2014. And that 2014 wasn't a good year. You guys lost. At the end of the year, I want to say you guys had a. Four or five game losing streak that had teams like Northwestern, had teams like Louis, a ranked Louisville team in there. Um, if you have two more losses, though, this is going to be the most losses that you have under Brian Kelly. And the thing I kind of look at is what are you getting from Brian Kelly? I look at his records over the year eight and five, eight and five, 12 and one. Cool. Nine and four, eight and five, 10 and three. Cool. Two and four. So it's like, are you fine with like are you fine with just eight and five, eight and five, eight and five, and then having a spark year? However, this is the first down like this is the first down year that Brian Kelly's had. And I think because of that, I'm not ready to I think if it was me, he'd be gone. Be gone, be out of town. We need someone new. I don't think he gets fired though. I don't, no matter what happens this season, because one, he's got too good of a relationship with the athletic director at Notre Dame. And number two, 
they're going to look at it and go, oh, it was only one season. It was only one season. However, if it was me, I'd be firing his ass because guess who I'd be having on the phone tomorrow? Les Miles. I'd be having Les on the phone tomorrow saying, hey, I'm firing Brian Kelly at the end of the year. You want the job? It's yours if you want it. Well, I think that that's something that's that's kind of interesting. And I think it's interesting because of the fact that, you know, that's something that you can be thinking about, mm-hmm. that you can have in the back of your mind. Because I don't think a lot of times teams want to get rid of their coach if there's no one else to go after, if you can't make that big splash. You know, that's what we talk about. Les Miles is, is, is going to be a huge splash wherever he goes. We just know he is because he's a huge name. He's a great offensive mind, even though things weren't ending up uh, working out at uh, LSU. But I think that right now for Notre Dame, that may be one thing that they look at and say, hey, you know what? Maybe we do get rid of him. Maybe we do try and bring in Les Miles. Or Tom Herman. Tom Herman, I think, is going to be really hard to bring over, Ricky. What if they lose one more game? Houston's already lost one. What if they lose one more? They got to play Louisville. But at the same time, I don't think Tom Herman is going to be upset by the way that his team has played this season. I don't think he's going to be upset with this season. I think he's going to look at this season and say, "This has been an outstanding season. We've been ranked. We've been way up there in the in the in the uh, top twenty-five. I think that this is really good for us. This is something we're going to continue to build off of. It's his second season there. I don't think he leaves." this early because I think he's one of those guys he wants to really stay with these guys kind of help really grow this program he actually cares about the kids and then eventually one day he might leave but he is he's one of those guys where you you then bring the the players into it yeah he wants to see them become better men Mm -hmm. not just better players so no I think Tom Herman's out of the question on that one but I do think that you take a look at Les Miles, I think he's very. In, I think that's very intriguing. I think he would possibly be interested, but at the same time, there's going to be other people trying to come get him. How is he going to see with with where he was at LSU? You had a defined conference. Mm-hmm. You had a defined division. Everything was defined for you. At Notre Dame, you're just kind of off on your own island. Go play whoever you want. Better or worse? Better or worse? I think it could be better for... I think it could be better for Les Miles because what he can do is say, okay, it's not the same as it used to be. Notre Dame used to be play whoever you want and play whoever you want. This time it's play whoever you want, but there are some ACC games you have to play. You're not part of the ACC, but you're kind of putting your foot half into the water. And the one thing that I think he can do is he can go ahead and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and just schedule some harder opponents. He can go play Alabama, play Auburn, play SEC teams, play those harder opponents, get more money into the school based on that way, get tougher opponents, build this team for that as well. That's what I think that needs to happen. I think what needs to happen, I think Les Miles would be a great addition to this team, not just because of that, just because of what he brings. Some people might just say, hey, you know what? It might be a new face, but we got to wrap this up. So, Brandon, I'm going to ask you plain and simple. You said it before. I'm going to ask you one last time to finalize. If you were the AD, are you firing Brian Kelly? And if so, who are you bringing in to replace him? If you get your pick, no matter who you ask, they're saying yes. Well, Ricky, I'm going to fire him. 
but it's not going to be until the end of the season. And the reason why I'm firing him is because I don't see the rest of the season going very well. Brian Kelly, you're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Stanford this weekend. <laughs> A little Donald Trump. Stanford this weekend. It's going to be in South Bend. It doesn't go well, though. You got to win. I, I, I don't think you got to win. I don't think it's going to go well. Stanford has been playing well, but I, I've really started to lose faith in, in Notre Dame this year. Then, um, then you have an off weekend, which you'll need big time. Miami, after that, uh, Miami's looked good. Notre Dame hasn't. Navy, Army, back-to-back games, Virginia Tech, and then you ended at USC. You've got a lot of games at home. You've got USC on the road to end it. I just don't think it looks good. It does not look good coming up for it just doesn't look coming up at all for uh, look good coming up at all for Notre Dame. I don't think it's going to end well, and I don't think things are going to end well for Brian Kelly. I would get rid of him. And how do you not go after Les Miles? I think that he would be great. I think he'd really kind of give an energy back to a fan base that has been wanting it because it's not just it's not just this season. Mm-hmm. This fan base wants to go to the playoffs. They want to get there. I think Les Miles could do it. Well. And I don't know how you br- don't bring up the cool name of uh, how don't you not go after Ed Ordron at LSU, man? You gotta you gotta bring him in, right? You gotta give him an interview at least, right? <laughs> or you know, or you know what, ex Illinois coach Tim Beckman, he's also out there. You can go ahead and pick up him too. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below what you guys think. We've gone a little bit too much, too far on this topic. You know how it gets when. Uh, I either get Brandon or Sean. God, can you imagine how long we'd be in here if Sean was actually on the po- primetime podcast tonight? Yeah. We might never leave. Sean and I can keep much, going back and forth. With how much you two would have to say. But this is where you guys let us know down below what you guys think. We are going to move on, however, to our next big topic. And it is in the, no pun intended, the Big Ten. And we got a big, big matchup between number two, Ohio State, number eight, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, the last ranked team that uh, we had pickems for last time we talked about them on the podcast. They were playing the Michigan Wolverines. Didn't turn out too well for them. Brandon, I picked Wisconsin, and it was I close. Did not. It I was did close. Not. We also fourteen had, to seven. We also had the o, uh, Odell Beckham like interception. Not gonna lie to you, from that was a lot better than even anything Odell's done. That was great. That was far. Nominal, but I do love Jim Harbaugh's response of, uh, you know what? I wish he just would have batted it down because then we would have been at the two. <laughs> just bat it down, we would have been in the red zone. But back to what we're talking about Wisconsin, Ohio State, do the Badgers have it in them? Do they have it in them to upset OSU or the Ohio State University? Well, you know, I, I think that Wisconsin has played well and they've looked good, but I think that. They're going up uh, against a, a, a real monster in, in Ohio State. Ohio State this past weekend, I, I expected the game to be a little bit more of a blowout against Indiana than what it was. And, Ricky, you said that you even picked Indiana to win I that did. game against I Ohio did. State. That so, would be upset central. So the Buckeyes are 5-0 and now. Their smallest margin of victory is 21 points. And JT Barrett has looked very good this season. It doesn't look like there's going to be any slowing him down. And I think right now it doesn't seem like there's going to be any slowing down Barrett or or Curtis Samuel or even Mike Weber. I mean, they all look really good right now for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And on the other side for Wisconsin, I don't know if there's enough there 
I just don't think that there is enough there for Alex Hornibrook and that group to get things going against what will be a tough Ohio State defense. I think right now, you know, for the Buckeyes, things seem to be going more in their favor than on the other side with the Badgers. Well, the thing with Wisconsin is the defense is going to the defense is going to ride, ride or die basically on the defense is what I'm trying to say. And the reason I say that is you look at the LSU game, what shined? The defense. Looking in the Michigan game, although you lost, you only held Michigan to 14 points. The offense could have got going a little bit if Hornybrook didn't turn over the ball as much. I know I'm going to give him two interceptions because that third interception was a fucking phenomenal behind the back, behind the head, put your foot over your head and do the hokey pokey on one foot kind of a catch from the Michigan Wolverines. I just think what what Wisconsin needs to do is the defense, and it, it's a tall order, but what they need to do, get the Buckeyes off the field, get the ball into their offense, let the offense work, and the offense needs to limit the turnovers in this one. Easier said than done, though, because the Ohio State Buckeyes, this is, this is a well-oiled machine, and the only reason I picked Indiana Last week is Indiana has been that team that's kind of a little bit of a spoiler kind of team where it looks like, okay, they're, they're going to make their push. They're going to make their push. They're going to get better. And then they don't really win it. However, they did play tough with Ohio State before Ohio State kind of pulled away. But this Ohio State team's for real, man. Like you said, they got Samuel. They got Barrett. And I think at the end, I know Rocky Jack, you ain't going to want to hear this because the last time uh, I picked a team not named Wisconsin and Wisconsin won, he let me have it. But I think this this Ohio State team is just cruise control until we get Michigan and Ohio State. I think that's what's going to be, undefeated, undefeated. I think another thing that we need to look at is the fact that what did we see against in, in the game Wisconsin and the Wolverines and it was 14 to 7 that was the final score it was very mm-hmm. close because it was good defense by Wisconsin but that's kind of what you're talking about Ricky is that they're not showing any offense Hornybrook threw three interceptions in that game went 9 of 25 and Wisconsin had 159 total yards in that contest that's not going to win you any games nine completions you're not going to win with that not going to win with it no you're certainly not and the Badgers, on the other side, flip side, allowed 349 yards. But again, they only allowed the 14 points. I think that it is. I think that it's definitely going to be a good game to start. But I think that we're going to see Ohio State be able to break away. And I don't know if Wisconsin's defense is going to be good enough to hang with what has been a high-flying, potent offense for the Ohio State Buckeyes this season. I'm going to ask you this. The most points this Wisconsin Badger defense has given up this year, 17 points. That was in the game to Georgia State. If I go down the line, 14 to LSU, 10 to Akron, 17 to Georgia State, like I just said. Michigan State only scored six, and then Michigan scored 14. How many points do the Buckeyes score this week against the Badgers? Do we see more than 17? Under over 17, that's what I'll give you. Over. How much over? 35 points. 35 points? They're going to score 35 total points. And that's the thing where I say 35 points, and Ohio State fans probably like, Ricky, why are you shocked? 77, 48, 45, 58, 38. This team can score. 
and this is that's going to be where this where this game is won. The Buckeye offense versus the Badger defense. Because the Badger or the Buckeye defense, they're not bad. It's just I think they're going to be good enough to contain Hornybrook, contain this Badger attack to where I think the Buckeye offense can struggle a little bit and still win this game. I I wouldn't be surprised if Wisconsin gives up a boatload of points, like I'm saying, like the the 45s, the shootout kind of games. But I'm going to go more of a lower score. I'm going to go like you. I'm going to go about 38 to 10. 38 to 10. Because I don't think that, you know what, maybe I, I want to give the Badgers 14, but I'm going to go 38-10. That's what I'm going to stick at with the Badgers. Before we move on, any last points about this game? Anything we did not touch about Ohio State and Wisconsin? I think that you, you really got to take a look at this this defense for Ohio State. They're going to be a huge difference in this ball game. A secondary that has ten interceptions on the season. I think that you take a look at them. They're going to be very very good. That's tied for fourth in the country. They're going to get to Hornybrook, mm-hmm. but I think that this this secondary is definitely going to challenge him when he's trying to throw the football because he's going to have to throw it. They'll be behind. I think that this secondary for Ohio State is going to be huge. It's going to be a big reason why I think the Ohio State Buckeyes probably come out on top. And this is where you guys let us know down below what you guys think. Badger fans, I know you guys are listening. Let us know. You let me hear it when uh, I picked the Wolverines over the Badgers, when I picked LSU over the Badgers, when I picked Michigan State over the Badgers. Let me know down below what you're thinking. And Ohio State fans, you guys chime in as well. Get the trash shot going. Let's get this going for this Saturday. The last thing we're going to move into, Brandon, is the Houston Cougars. And they get knocked off for the first time this year by the Navy midshipmen, 46-40. to And when I was looking at this score, Brandon, when I was looking at the scoring updates as they were coming in on ESPN, I was kind of getting a little... I was. I was for a second being like, oh, is is Navy playing Tennessee this week? Are they playing Tennessee? Because I thought the Cougars started out a little slow. Maybe not slow, but I don't know if it's the Cougars started out slow or the Cougars underestimated Navy and Navy came in and made them pay. Because by, I mean, yeah, it was only 10-10 at the end of the first, but by the time the fourth quarter started, it was 41 to 27 and I'm sitting there and then I saw the final score of 41 40 I'm like damn Houston almost came back they almost came back in this game but Brandon because of the conference that Houston plays in with one loss now in the conference can the Cougars still make the college football playoff or are their chances shot you know I think it's going to be I think it's going to be tough for them I really do, and I think that it's also because of the fact that you you just got to, I think, take a look at the fact that they're they're not a Power Five team, mm-hmm. and I think that still, I know we've talked about it, and they have been good. The Houston Cougars have been really, really good this season, but I think we also, again, we do, we need to talk about the fact that they are not Power Five, and we can't forget about that. Because I don't think other people have forgotten about it either, and I think that that's a, I think that's a big thing, is the fact that 
They are not. And they, the committee will take a power five before they take the Houston Cougars. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I don't think so. And I think that the Houston Cougars have been very, very good this season. But I think they're also going to take a look and say, oh, who'd they lose to? Well, if you're going to look at them and say who they lose to, and they lost to, well, Navy. Navy, and then you look at a team in the Power Five, and let's say they lost to, they're they're also 5-1, and one, but mm-hmm. their loss came to... A Power Five team. Like let's say it's, well let's let's say that there it came to a good power five team let's 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 even say that it came to Washington okay okay I was gonna say like either a Colorado in the Pac twelve kind of that middle of the pack or like an Oklahoma in the Big Twelve a team that's got a few losses but people wouldn't expect expectantly say they're bad like it's not a Washington State it's not a Kansas yeah that's true yeah so like middle of the pack big 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 Twelve or Pac Twelve Power Five team, that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. I still think that people are going to look at that and go, "Well, that makes more sense. That makes more sense." Like I would rather have that team because they they their loss is to a team that's viable, to a team that that was you know pretty good, ranked pretty high, ranked well, all that stuff. I think that that's what people would be looking for. Well, and here's the big thing I think of is. If we're going against, like, if it's Houston, like, let's say Houston only finishes with one loss and this is their only loss, the big thing it's going to come down to is are they going to be going up against a Pac-12 team or are they going to be going up against a Big 12 team for that final spot? Because when I look at the standings as of right now, I mean, just looking at the Power Fives alone, the ACC... Right now, it looks like it'd be Clemson, Virginia Tech. If Clemson, if Clemson wins, Virginia Tech would be kind of that spoiler. But if Clemson wins, they go undefeated. They're going to be a lock. So I kind of think the ACC. If Clemson's that ACC team, it's a lock. If not, then we have a discussion because the team would then have one loss. They're the only ones in that conference without a loss. Baylor, right now, they're undefeated. However, the thing about any Big 12 team you got to throw out there, and with Houston, I'm going to say it now, the Big 12 is the only conference that they can beat out with one loss because of the conference championship. Now, if you're saying, well, Ricky, what if Baylor has no losses? Then that's a different story because they would be the outright champion unless West Virginia goes undefeated as well. That's the big thing. That would be going on because the Big 12 this year isn't going to have a conference championship. Oh, well, guess what? West Virginia and Baylor play each other. So that'll be settled out by the end of the year. The Big 10, I think they're a lock. I think Michigan and Ohio State, it's looking like it's going to be whoever wins from that side. Hell, it could even be Nebraska with the way they've been playing with undefeated. Could be one of those three teams. Alabama looks like a lock for the playoff right now with how they're playing. And whoever really whoever wins the SEC is going to get in. The big the big one is is it going to be Washington, Baylor, or Houston? And as of right now, I kind of like the Big Twelve is interesting because what if like Baylor loses the game and then Baylor beats West Virginia because they don't have that title game? Houston could have a chance. So you're saying there's a chance, Ricky? Yes, I am. 
But if it's a Washington from the Pac-12, then I'm saying no because the Pac-12 has that conference championship game. That's going to be the big decider of who they're going up against when the committee has to decide and if that Power 5 team has a championship game in their conference. I think that's important. I think I definitely think it I definitely think it is. I think you really do want to believe that the Houston Cougars do have a chance. I'm, saying, I'm not saying that they don't. Only if it's against a Big 12 if it's against a Big 12 team that the top 2 teams are tied. That's the only way they have a chance at this point because they're out of the Power 5. They certainly are. I think that But you're right. I the, would love to have them in there. The I would only, love to have The them. only chance they still got is if they win the rest of their games and they beat Louisville. I was going to ask, how big does that if they beat Louisville, how big is that win even though Louisville's a one they're a one loss team? Did you see how Louisville's played? <laughs> have, have, have I seen how Louisville's played, Brandon? So you have. Of course. So you have. Okay. Lamar Action Jackson is like I've if I was a ten year old kid, I'd have his posters all over my room. Good. So you have seen how he's played. All and right. I have his posters all over my room. Maybe. So that's <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is that yeah, I think I think that that does make a difference, and I think that that would hold weight. It's a top ten team as of right now. I think, top ten team. I certainly think it would carry it would carry some some big weight mm-hmm. if they could beat everyone else mm-hmm. and Louisville. I don't even think it would matter how big you beat Louisville by. You just got to beat Louisville, and Louisville in the meantime has to remain where they are as well. That's the only way that I think that Houston is going to continue to be considered. Now I got one more kind of curveball that I want to throw in here, and this okay. is. The only other thing that I think makes this a little bit harder for Houston is if they would have lost to like a Connecticut, they would have been fine. You know what? We lost a game, but you know what? We can still win out in the American West and make the conference title game. Well, now that they're five and one, Navy sitting at four and one. They're on the same side of the uh conference. So now Houston has to not only win out in their in the conference, but they have to hope that Navy loses another game. So you're not just destiny is not in your hands. It's kind of in your hands because of course you have to win out, but it's not completely in your hands because Navy still has to lose one game. If Navy wins out, they are going to the American Conference Championship from the West Side and. If Houston doesn't get a chance to play for that conference title game, no way they make the playoff. No way they make the playoff, even as a one-loss team. I think that's, I think that's pretty accurate. I, I, I think that at the end of the day, we have to see how the rest of it kind of shakes out as well, because I think that's also going to play a major role in how everything else goes. Because right now. You are looking at Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Michigan, Washington, and Texas A&M that are the only undefeateds left. Mm-hmm. They're the only undefeated teams left. So we have to see how the rest of that shakes out and who picks up the next L. And I know it's the AP, not the um, college committee, but I would think the committee would go as a top four after this week. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Washington. So that would be our playoff right now, those four teams. Because I don't know if they would put in 
a Michigan or a Texas A&M when they're not leading their conference like Washington is. So that's just something to look at. And Houston fans, I am, if you're new to the podcast and you're a Houston Cougar fan, I am one of your biggest supporters. I love the Houston Cougars. Just like it's kind of like my three underdog teams this year that I kind of like to cheer for. Houston, Louisville, and then I do have a soft spot, a soft spot, not a soft spot, a soft spot in my heart for that burnt orange. I don't know why. I don't know why I have a soft spot for that burnt orange and those hook'em horns, Brandon. But I do. I just do. Whether it's Shaka Smart, whether it's Charlie Strong, I do, even though those aren't my favorite teams. But before I wrap this up, is there anything that we missed before we go into Swanee's final thoughts? No, I think we covered it. Well, you know what? Let's go right into it. This is how we end each week on the Primetime Podcast. Brandon Swanson gives you his final thoughts. And, of course, Swanee's final thoughts. Take it away, Swanee. Well, everybody, I'm sure by this time you've heard about what's going on at the Rogers Center and the Toronto Blue Jays. They're going to be pouring beer into cups at the stadium for the rest of the postseason after a fan threw, again, a can at a Baltimore outfielder earlier in the playoffs. Last year, the Blue Jays had a band selling beer cans in the upper deck at their stadium during the ALCS because fans threw cans on the field earlier in the playoffs during a win against Texas. What's wrong with Canadians? That's what it comes down to. What is wrong with Canada's fans at the Rogers Center that makes you, I don't like that player. Let's just peg him with a beer can. All right, have some class, okay? At least just throw the beer out on him. At least it won't hurt as much. Ultimately, I think, come on, have some class. Though You know, you shouldn't be doing that. Don't be that disruptive. Have a good time. But really, you're going to throw beer beer cans at him. It's even worse if it's bottles, and they've done that at Rogers Center too. I think, I think that there's something in the water up there in Canada, and people after this election want to move there. I don't know if you want to move to Canada. I think it's the what's in the water just around Niagara Falls because Toronto, Buffalo, Bills Mafia, it's it's kind of all going to hell. I mean, I don't know what it's like when because like when you said that, Brandon, the first thing that popped into my head as a kid, my first kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for, just exposure to that was the Red Sox Yankee series, the one where the Red Sox came back down 0-3. And Yankee fans did that. I just don't get why people do that at all. Why do you got to do that? Keep it classy, just like Swanee said. But that's going to do it for the Primetime Podcast this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it because I know me and Swanee really had a good time recording this one for you. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section, whether you're listening on Blog Talk Radio or YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, hit that subscribe button. Make sure to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Most Valuable Podcast. Our next big goals, we're trying to get lapel mics here at Most Valuable Podcast. We love the support that we get from subscribers and from you guys viewing the videos. But if you want to help a little bit more, go ahead, check out the Patreon podcast. We've got some cool rewards that you guys can get as well for helping us out. I want to thank you guys for checking out this podcast one last time. And for Brandon Swanson and myself, Ricky Widmer, as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.